You're listening to The Living Word with Danny Hodges of Calvary Chapel Fellowship in St. Pete. Folks, it's divine work and human responsibility. I'm not saying we're saved by what we do. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely unbiblical. We're saved by grace through faith. Another vital issue in the text is the perseverance and truth and godliness in a very ungodly culture. And I could talk a lot about that, but I just want to state it. It's it's there because it talks about uh, Noah. It talks about Lot. Uh, The idea is the contrast between the ungodly who were ultimately judged and the godly who were the minority. In today's message, Pastor Danny will remind you how dangerous it can be to believe that works equate to salvation. By thinking this way, you're essentially saying that if you do enough good things, praying, reading your Bible, listening to worship music, giving to charity, then you'll have salvation. But that's not what faith is, and it's not what grace is all about. Jesus died to save you from your sins, not because you've done a lot of things, but because He loves you. That's the only criteria He cares about. Now here's Pastor Danny in the book of 2 Peter chapter 2 with today's edition of The Living Word. And he goes on to say, make sure this anointing remains in you. Folks, it's divine work and human responsibility. I'm not saying we're saved by what we do. That's ridiculous. That's absolutely unbiblical. We're saved by grace through faith. Another vital issue in the text is the perseverance and truth and godliness in a very ungodly culture. And I could talk a lot about that, but I just want to state it. It's it's there because it talks about uh, Noah. It talks about Lot. Uh, The idea is the contrast between the ungodly who were ultimately judged and the godly who were the minority, the minority. And we're living in a day. We're living in a day. It's it's a challenge to continue to stand for uh, the whole truth of the Word of God. And the, the fate that was once delivered to the saints. And I'm going to talk about that and give you some practical examples of why uh, that's true. Perseverance, and truth and godliness in a very ungodly culture. But here's one of the main things in the text, and we want to spend a little time on it. And that is the certainty of future judgment. Gives the example of the flood. Gives the example of the Sodom and Gomorrah as an example of what will happen to the ungodly. When we get to chapter 3 of Second Peter, the flood will be mentioned again. Uh, and he will tell us, God will tell us through the pen of Peter that some people deliberately forget about the judgment in the flood. And then forgetting that, they forget that this present uh, world is rever- reserved for fire. There's going to be another universal judgment. And it ought to cause us to sober up and live in light of that, the future judgment. Uh, Jude, verse 7, says the same thing, that Sodom and Gomorrah were examples of what will happen to the ungodly. But here's the deal. Here's where we live. The latest I can find of Barna, uh, the Barna and the associates with them, they do a lot of polls among Christians and non-Christians, and the Barna associates uh, say that only 31% see hell as a place of physical torment where people may be sent, only 31%, and it's reducing. It's getting lower, not higher. Um, one person said you can traverse the entire United States on any given Sunday morning, and you very probably will not hear a sermon on the judgment of God or eternal punishment. 
One uh, theologian said, evangelicals have voted by the silence of their voices that they either do not believe in the doctrine of hell or else no longer have the courage and conviction to stand and say anything about it. Another guy says, I think what we face in the church today is a virtual eclipse of the character of God. Uh, The irony, he goes on to say, is that evangelicals consider one sermon about God's judgment to be among the greatest evangelistic messages ever preached. You might have heard of it. It was delivered in 1741 by a guy named Jonathan Edwards, and the title of Jonathan Edwards' message was Sinners in the Hands of an Angry God. Now, uh, I talked a little bit about this Wednesday night because we did Genesis 18 and 19, Sodom and Gomorrah, so it just was there, and it's there in this passage, that there are some influences today uh, away from people even preaching, talking about, and thinking about judgment, eternal judgment. And one of them, and I I don't mean this in any way uh, slanderously or negatively, it's just it is what it is, but the seeker-sensitive church movement. I believe Bill Hybels is going to be with the Lord, with me. I believe we're going to spend eternity together, and we're going to love one another. And we still love one another today. I've never met the guy. I don't know him. He's a great guy, I'm sure. Uh, But he's known as the father of the seeker-sensitive church movement. Um, And he says, and I quote, I don't think fear is a tactic really moves people toward faith these days. One of the churches uh, birthed by Willow Creek, uh, the pastor there says, he believes the people who come to his church want to know how to improve their lives and their marriages. Well, I can buy that. I, I agree with that. But he says preaching a sermon like sinners in the hands of an angry God wouldn't work today. When most Americans seemingly have it all, and I quote him, today I think the title of that sermon would be, I went on vacation and felt empty inside. I'm not trying to be funny or sarcastic. It is what it is. It is what it is. But let me tell you something. We're going to be true to the word of God. We Listen. Another theologian goes on to say, there's no need of a gospel. Nobody needs a gospel if there's no judgment. If God is not a God of judgment, if there's no such thing as hell, what good is the gospel? The gospel tells us we're saved from the wrath that is to come. He goes on to say, we're not supposed to add offense to the gospel, but if we try to take out the offense that's already there, then we're offending God. And if we're offending Christ, then we're not proclaiming the whole counsel of God. You think I enjoy doing a message like this? You, you think I didn't want to skip over 2 Peter? You think I didn't want to skip over Genesis 18 and 19? There's a lot of verses in the Bible I just choose not to deal with. Or I'd like to choose, but I don't have that choice. At least I don't choose that. I don't, take, I don't make that choice. I'm predestined to preach the whole truth. That was a bad joke. That was a bad joke. I need to throw some names out to you because I love you. Carlton Pearson, he was uh, taken under Oral Roberts' wings years ago. He became uh, very well-known. He planted a church, uh, and it became a a mega church. He's a part of a congregation called the Church of God in Christ uh, at the time. And not too long ago, he wrote a book. He's changed his views, and he wrote a book called The Gospel of Inclusion. And uh, Carlton Pearson doesn't believe that anybody's going to be judged. There is no judgment. A loving God wouldn't send anybody to an eternal damnation. Don't buy the book. Don't invest in, don't invest in his ministry. He's a heretic. I'm telling you like it is. You, you, can't, you can't teach that. And say, you're standing for the word of God. You can't do that. And that's what this text is telling us. But these are people that are among us, and these are people that were once with us. John said if they were really of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out on their own. 
And now they're teaching things that aren't scriptural or not sound doctrine. There's another name uh, that I just, people bring his name up all these years, and I'm like, I, I don't even need to hear it. I don't need to hear it. Well, I, I probably was wrong. I mean, I, because I, I'm like, well, he's teaching a false doctrine. Don't even pay him any attention. But unfortunately, a lot of people are. Rob Bell. Rob Bell, I did some more studying um, Friday, and he initially studied under one of my main mentors from uh, Liberty, uh, Eddie Dobson. Eddie Dobson pastoring in Michigan, and uh, Rob Bell went there. I didn't know this for years and and was under uh, Eddie Dobson, Pastor Eddie Dobson. But somewhere along the way, he got his own ideas about some of this doctrine, truth. And he wrote a book called Love Wins. 2011 Time Magazine listed Rob Bell in its 100 most influential people in the world. He's got a lot to be held accountable for before Jesus one day. Because Love Wins says the same thing uh, that the Gospel of Inclusion says. God's not going to send anybody to an eternal damnation. Because in the end, love wins. Loving God would never do that. It's not true. He's a very loving God. He's also a God of justice. He's both. He's both. Now, hang with me. Go on, go on just a little Bible journey. I'm talking a little. This is a little Bible journey. All right, you, this is a little Bible journey. I'm talking these are only sample verses. There's a lot more. There's a lot more. Go with me. Listen to what John the Baptist said. Matthew chapter 3. He comes on the scene. He's got one string on his prophetic message guitar. Repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. And he says in verse 10, the axe is already at the root of the trees, and every tree that does not produce good fruit will be cut down and thrown into the fire. Two verses down, verse 12, he's talking about Jesus. His winnowing fork is in his hand. He'll clear his threshing floor, gathering his wheat into the barn and burning up the chaff with unquenchable fire. Matthew chapter 5 Verse 22, and we're not going to talk about the meaning behind this. Don't have time to do that, but just get what it says. Jesus said again, anyone who says to his brother, Raka, is answerable to the Sanhedrin. But anyone who says, you fool, will be in danger of the fire of hell. Jesus said that. Matthew chapter 7, verse 19, uh, Jesus talking about knowing a tree by its fruit. And then he says, chapter 7, verse 19, every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Uh, Chapter 8 of Matthew and verse 12. But the subjects of the kingdom, those who should have been there, who they thought would be there, other people thought they'd be there, will be thrown outside into the darkness where there'll be weeping and gnashing of teeth. The Apostle Peter's first letter encouraged the lives of believers spread far and wide, forced from their home due to their devotion to Jesus. Today, though you may not be facing the same kind of persecution, there will be people that oppose your message of hope. The enemy wants you to be silent, but your story and the grace of Jesus just can't be kept silent. Don't hide Jesus from people. Live Him out in your daily life and proclaim His praises wherever you go. Thanks for tuning in today for Pastor Danny's teaching on the Living Word. If you'd like to hear more of his messages from this series on the book of 1 Peter, visit ccfstpete.church. 
Feel free to download or share the teachings you find from the Living Word or visit our YouTube channel. There you can immerse yourself in our weekly services. We'd encourage you to subscribe to our YouTube channel too. That way you'll be notified as soon as we post anything new. If you're in the St. Petersburg area, we'd love to meet you. Join us at Calvary Chapel Fellowship on Saturday at 6 p.m. or Sunday at 9 or 11 a.m. for a time of worship and Bible study. Find out more about Calvary Chapel Fellowship at our website, ccfstpete.church. If you can't join us in person, we do offer a live stream of our weekend services. Just visit the website and click the link in the menu. Thanks for tuning in today to The Living Word.